1: Uh, my good friend Rory Vaden, uh, who I'm sure you guys know, uh, runs the Brand Builders Group, which I think is the best personal branding academy in the world. He has a saying that I will I will uh, replicate here. Your ideal audience is the person that you used to be, not the person you are now.
0: They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to eleven. Most shows only go to ten. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to eleven. To eleven. This is thoughts that rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and brant Mensmar. That's us. What is happening? What's it's up? your favorite podcast.
2: It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody has found all the bells and whistles. Is that not what I should (laughs) have used for the sound effect after I said your favorite? Uh, Every single time. Every time. Everything I say.
0: Just kidding. It is your favorite podcast.
2: Thoughts? Thoughts that rock. Oh, my. (laughs) this is going to be a problem for us.
0: <laughs> Listen, we always try to uh, bring you some nuggets of wisdom, uh, help you tackle current issues and struggles you might be going through in this how to
2: podcast that we host. And uh, today we got a good one. It's awesome. Yeah, and actually it's uh I would like to say it was pure fun, but it is educational as well. I mean, we we decided to come up with a topic. I don't, I don't I don't think we should say we came up with it. It was already something that our guest uh, has been working on, but yeah. how do you turn a passion, your passion into yeah. a business? Yes. And um, a lot of people, you know, probably won't know this, but at least if you've heard of Jay bear and I'll talk about him in just a second, he's a tequila sommelier, which who knew spell that word. <laughs> oh, believe me. I had to look it up in the dictionary, <laughs> trying to put it in the show notes. Uh, I didn't even know there was such a thing, but he literally is getting to the point as he has, this little side hustle, this hobby, this thing that he just loves. And I, I think it's going to become a real money-making business at some point. So it's kind of a cool topic, right? It's unfair that someone <laughs> who has been as successful as he has Already,
0: yeah. in every friggin' thing he's ever touched yeah. decides now that... Um, well, yeah. I mean, he's, he's enjoyed and loved tequila since he was you just out of college um uh, yeah but, it isn't uh, like it just yeah, started no, it wasn't like he woke up yesterday and was like i'm gonna be a tequila <laughs> somolamile, Somo or uh, whatever that is uh, yeah he's a tequila expert now yeah. um and as he, honestly we we're laughing because he's enjoyed uh and is getting recognized more for being tequila you know <laughs> tequila jay uh than, than uh, actually all the other stuff that his hall of fame career and everything Rushing else it. he's done
2: yeah, he's a he's a Hall of Fame speaker. Yeah. Uh, you know, really an expert when he gets out to speak on customer experience, customer service, marketing. Yep. Um, you know, if you've ever seen Jay, you know his whole deal. He's got a personal brand that's all plaid. He's a yes. lover and a wearer yes. of everything plaid. Uh, but the guy has got six New York Times bestsellers, um, which just you know one. We, we would just like to have one it would be great. Thank you very much. But he's got six of those. He's a seventh generation.
0: We're Palatka Times bestsellers.
2: <laughs> not not plaid, but Palatka. Palatka Florida. 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 Yes, <laughs> exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. The goats love our books. They love me in Amarillo, Texas. That's all I've got to say. Um, but he's a seventh generation, also entrepreneur with yep. his family. Yep. Um, he's also the founder of five multimillion dollar companies. Yep. Most of those he has sold Um, the guy is just phenomenal. And I think in the land of our orbit, the, the, the speaker business, everybody knows and really appreciates all the work that, that Jay does. He's actually a part of Michelle Joyce speakers in, uh, in her stable. So we we're, were just so thankful that he could come on here and talk about, it. I know we, we talk a lot about tequila on this thing, but really I think anybody listening, if you've got a passion, you can actually make some money and, and do that for a living. So I think there were some really cool nuggets in this thing. Yeah. You're going to love it. Check out this conversation we have with Jay. There he is. Jay bear is in the house. He's in his house.
1: We could be in the same house. It's
2: possible. We could be. We'd be it's in different possible. rooms. We have different backgrounds. So I don't know how that, that would work. That's true. That's true. We were just talking before we uh, we jumped on. If we were able to zoom out, you would have tequila all over the place. So.
1: It's true. It, it, th- Anything that's not immediately in the camera is, is tequila. The biggest problem with being a tequila educator is shelving. <laughs> yes. And if
2: we hadn't set it up and and talked about you being this aficionado of tequila, people would be wondering why in the world does he collect tequila or does, (laughs) does Jay have a problem? One of the two. We, we're not sure yet.
1: Both can both can be true. <laughs> <not> That's right. <laughs> yes, and. And.
2: Um, and and we also mentioned in the beginning here. Jay is is uh, one of my fellow speakers with Michelle Joy speakers. He's in the stable. <gasps> Jay's really the workhorse. Like we're all just sort of trying to catch that <laughs> take that pebble I'm a out of the pack animal.
0: How those yeah. Jay? And, and I a tattered.
2: Okay.
1: As long uh, here, as I sir. can ride
2: those coattails, I will.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> this is great. That's right.
2: So, uh, man, we, we are just so thrilled that you're here. Um, and, and again, I think it's a very interesting uh, concept. You know, we're always trying to solve issues and problems. And today is a, a little bit more on the lighter side. But there are people that are going to have some questions for sure, specifically around how do you turn your passion, the things that you love to do into an actual business, perhaps where you can make a living doing it. So I, I couldn't think of anybody better to do that. And Brant and I talked about it and said, let's, let's get him on the show and you're here, man. So tell right. us, what is your first thought that rocks on how to turn your passion into a business?
1: Well, I, I think first, this isn't my official thought, but my, my pre-thought to the first pre-thought. thought is, uh, is, is actually... Giving yourself permission to do it, right? I mean, everybody thinks that that to say, "Oh, well, I love whatever roses, or or I love um, baseball cards, or I love tequila." In my case, but that could never possibly be a business. Not true. Like we are, we are in an era where every micro interest can be a business. You probably both are, are familiar with, are friends with Pat Flynn, mm-hmm. uh, who is an incredible B two B leader, author, and, and and his YouTube Pokemon channel is now bigger than his actual like Pat Flynn channel yes. right Pokemon cards right you think you think being a tequila educator is a niche play He's a Pokemon expert. Right. So my, my pre thought to my first thought is first giving yourself permission that it can, in fact, be a business, because I think in in business, we tend to feel like, oh, well, that's just that's just kid stuff. That's not a quote unquote real business. I can't actually do that. That's that's flighty or, you know, that's just like a, a fantasy. Not true. So you can make a business out of anything. Yeah. My actual first thought is this. Once you decide to give yourself permission to do it, you have to evolve it gradually. The big mistake that people make is they try and do it as a light switch. They say, okay, today it's a passion, tomorrow it's a business, right? I I grew up in a relatively small town and we had a million sub shops. Because people would be like, I love making sandwiches, tomorrow I'm gonna open up a restaurant that makes sandwiches. And they all fail. Because you can't like one day be like a sandwich fan and the next day be a sandwich purveyor Overnight, it doesn't work like that. So, if you're, if you wake up and say, starting Monday, starting Monday, baby, this is going to be a business. Trust me, you're going to fail first, because you're going to suck all the fun out of it. And second, yeah. it's, it's just not, doesn't work like that. So, you have to say, I would like to explore the premise of my passion being a commercial entity. But you got to give yourself like 6, 12, 18, 24 months to make that transition, right? So you've got to do less of your real job and more of your passion or do your passion more consistently nights and weekends or whatever. You've got to play both games for a while. And I'm still very much playing both games. Mm. But you have to evolve gradually. It will give yourself the psychological safety to do that. Your audience will like it a lot better. It's just a way better approach. That's my first thought.
2: Love it. And, uh-huh. and Brant, I think you—it's uh, funny because we obviously for for Jay, we're going to talk a little bit about his tequila business because that's the passion that he's turning into a business. But we've talked about this even with Black Sheep. I mean, with the speaking and the books and some of the things you're doing. I joke when I look at the the website and some of the things that you've created, Brant. There's a clothing line out there, and now with AI, you're creating all kinds of stuff. I go it's possible. It's like Seinfeld. He's going to create something out of nothing really on a clothing line, which could quite possibly take over your entire business. And really it's still in the same vein. It's just that, that tends to be your passion you get creative yeah. on things like, uh, yeah. you know, whatever, tchotchkes, clothing, whatever it is. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To, I mean, to Jay's point, it is something that you know you you find yourself with a cool logo and you want to stick it on everything but then you're like oh wait a minute maybe i shouldn't stick it on everything and, then, and so then you got to be a little smarter and then you got to think about the brand and what is that what is that supposed to be and the message and if we're you know if being a black sheep is about being unique and and you're one of a kind self um then maybe the products and stuff that you do should be in that vein mm-hmm. right and so um it's fun uh to to create as a creator um, but uh, not everything is meant for consumption yeah. <laughs> and that is uh, that's the real challenge i think and so you know we're looking at um uh, with with the black sheep brand, you know, can we partner with a watch company and do a limited run of, of watches with our buddies at, at Original Grain, um, where, you know, it's, it's a limited production. We'll see how it goes. If it goes well, then maybe we'll do something bigger. Um, right. Um, same, same thing along with, with clothing lines, you know, I've, we've had this, uh, conversation with B Swanky and, and could we do a black sheep, um, uh, handbag for women that is, uh, you know, high end it's, it's three grand, it's five grand. It's, it's, it's something that is handmade, um, with a different market, a different target, um, that that's not meant for mass consumption. It's meant for one of a kind. And so that, that is, um, all part of the thing, but I but I think you're right because my first initial reaction is, oh, let's stick this on uh, you know water tumblers and <laughs> on uh, koozies and and everything possible. When in fact maybe that's not the the approach that will make it a successful commercial business. And I and I that's that's hard. I, and Jay, I'm I'm curious, especially in the tequila business, because it seems like in the last few years, everybody and their mother has come out with a tequila brand yep, that has any sort of social presence. Um, is it something that you, you sort of decide we're not going for the, your, your weekend tequila drinker, we're going for your, you know, $300 bottle tequila drinker drinker. That is a, a much different market with a much different expectation. Um, is uh, h- how do how do you approach that to know what's right? Is it mass consumption or is it little tiny niche yeah. within the area?
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, state of affairs. Just to frame that up for you, contextualize it. There's about uh, 2,200 tequila brands. Um, 250 new ones in 2022 alone. Mm. Another wow. 80 in the first quarter of 2023. So wow. the train is not slowing in terms of of building out new brands. Now, the overwhelming majority of those brands are just buying tequila that's already in a tank at a distillery in Mexico. They're slapping a label on it. It happens in the in the bourbon business uh, as well. Yeah. But you're exactly right, Brant. There's sort of essentially there's kind of three categories of new tequila brands. Um, you have the, hey, we want to be kind of the next Casamigos is what you hear all the time, mm-hmm. which is a fool's errand because there's only one of those and it's only going to happen once. Um, uh, and and they had George Clooney and you uh, probably don't. Uh, but there's a lot of that. We want to we want to be the number one tequila in the world. Now, you've, yeah. there are some people who are kind of trodden that path successfully. The Rock uh, has a tequila called Terramana. Dwayne yeah. Johnson, which is uh, incredibly uh fast selling um even kendall jenner's terrible tequila 818 is uh, is selling very strong so that celebrity horsepower really helps so there's some people who want to kind of play that game um then you have the as you said kind of the daily drinker hey we want to try and and sell a lot of tequila we want to be in grocery stores we want to be kind of everywhere yeah. and we're going to play kind of a volume game what I see yep. more often now is what you alluded to, kind of the, what's called the super premium, almost club tequila, where they're not really yeah. even thinking they're going to sell a lot in retail. It's more they're going to sell it on premise. So you're at the nightclub in Vegas. You're at the nightclub in Miami. You're at the nightclub in Scottsdale. And and you look on the top shelf and you see this very, very tall bottle. Uh, and that's the one that, that you want. is for bottle service and things like that. And it's going to retail for... Three hundred dollars, et cetera. That that is definitely a market. Uh, all of those tequilas don't taste like tequila because they're full of uh, artificial flavorings, yeah. artificial colorings, et cetera. But there is definitely a, a market there as well. And so now people kind of have to pick pick a camp uh, and yeah. and and sort of proceed accordingly. But it is a dangerous game to play. The preponderance, overwhelming majority. Of new tequila brands do not make any money. Um, in fact most lose all their money. One of my good friends is an importer and he said, uh, don't start a tequila brand unless you have three million dollars you're willing to light on fire. And and I was and people always ask me, When are you gonna start your brand, Jay? I'm like, not anytime soon. That's yes. Right. Not anytime <laughs> soon. Is, when, when
2: you talk about, though, evolving this uh, gradually, and again, I don't know how long you've been doing it. It was it was le- actually a year. less than a year ago. Just just a year, yeah. A year ago. So at that dinner that we were in Nashville together, I remember yeah. you saying, uh, I, I've decided I'm going to, or maybe you'd just become a tequila somali I just a.
1: started making, yeah, I just started making, I just passed some of my certifications then, uh, and I just started making videos. So my first video ever was late April, 2022. Gotcha. Yeah. So this is,
2: I know it's a long journey then for you, but in the era where you, like, if you listen to your friend here and you've got to have $3 million where you know that the majority are one going to fail or lose their tail financially, how do you then slow walk it in such a way that you go, I'm going to make this thing successful. It's still a passion for you. You'd probably do it on the side anyway, right? But if you're going to make money at it, how do you think through that? That is really, that's well, a there's a lot day. of other
1: ways to make money other than having a brand, right? So, hmm. so I mean, this is not my official second point. This is my pre-point. This is my this is my precursor to my second point. Brand. He's bringing in five <laughs> thoughts. You see how he? I, I
0: get it. I see how he sneaks uh, in a couple
1: more. Yeah, thoughts. I've only have only done a thousand podcasts, uh, so yeah. um, <laughs> we're, we're one of many. <laughs> my my this is my thought one point five is, you know, you got to have multiple revenue streams, right? If the only way you the only way you think or you turn your passion into a business it's a start tequila brand. No, you're not. So, um, like we've got a lot of revenue streams already, right? So we've got live tastings, we have sponsorship dollars, we have affiliate program, we have merch, uh, we have an event business that we're spinning up so you can come to Mexico with me and I'll take you around those kind of things. Right. Um, I've got a consulting business where I'm helping new brands with flavor profiles, marketing and narrative. Um, so it's like six revenue streams without having a tequila brand. Right. So that's, that's the way you got to do it. Right. It's, if you're going to say, Hey, I'm going to take my passion and turn it into a business. You've got to find yeah. s- five, six, seven, eight different ways where you can make a little money. If you're all like, Oh, hail Mary pass. Uh, and, and we're going to take my passion and turn it into, you know, some monolithic giant machine. You're probably going to fail. Yeah. Probably yeah. going to fail. Right. So multiple revenue streams is uh, thought
2: 1.5. Well, listen, uh, I, I know you've done hundreds of podcasts, but just to make sure that we're a little bit different. <laughs> only two about this. Only two about this. though. Yeah. And you've probably never had co-hosts where one's a non-drinker and the other one's allergic to alcohol. So there you go.
1: I uh, tell you what, that's why we're not doing a tasting on the show.
2: <laughs> that's right. Or we totally would have. Uh, we'll be right back after this message. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of Driven Living. All right, my friend, I love it. Love it already. What is your second, or uh, I don't know where we are now. It could be <laughs> my official.
1: Five. My official second. My my okay. official second yes. thought. Yes. Which is that? What He's is it? To- Is to understand your actual audience. Mm. One of the mistakes that people make when they try and turn their passion into their business is they think that they are their audience. They go at it from the perspective of their own interest and enthusiasm for the topic. The reality is, is if it's your passion, you undoubtedly know a whole bunch about this. And most people don't. Mm. Most people don't. So let me do the math for you on this. In the United States, there are 40 million people a month who have at least one cocktail per month that includes tequila. Now, the preponderance of those cocktails are margaritas, no surprise. Um, but there's other cocktails out there, Palomas, Ranch Waters, etc. And then some people drink tequila neat. 40 million people, that's your total addressable audience. In the tequila world, there is a mobile app called Tequila Matchmaker which allows you to rank review tequilas. It's similar to, you might be familiar with Vavino in the wine industry or untapped for craft beer works the same way. There are 250,000 downloads of tequila matchmaker ever. So let's think that through 40 million people, 250,000 downloads of the, of the app total. That's, that's the enthusiast, the true nerds. Yeah. So the true nerds is 250,000 people. The addressable audience is 40 million people, which should be your audience. Yeah. The 40 good. million, right? And so uh, yeah. my good friend, Rory Vaden, uh, who I'm sure you guys know, uh, runs the Brand Builders Group, which I think is the best personal branding academy in the world. He has a saying that I will, I will uh, replicate here. Your ideal audience is the person that you used to be, not the person you are now. If I was making tequila content at the level that I know about tequila, that is a very small nerd audience. So what I try yes. to do is make tequila content for people who know just a little bit about tequila because there's a lot more of them. Mm. When you turn your passion to a business, you run the risk of being impeded by the curse of your own knowledge mm. and you overshoot The head of the audience, right? So, colloquially, you got to dumb it down and keep it dumb because there's a lot more of those people. That's the actual bulk of the audience. When I started doing this, I did a bunch of competitive analysis because, you know, hashtag entrepreneur. And I discovered that there's a number of other tequila educators who did this before I did, but overwhelmingly, it was nerds talking to nerds. Yes. And that's cool. I love that content. Like, it's, I love it. But there's not, very many people interested in that, um, mathematically speaking. And so you just have to understand who your actual audience is. That's my second thought.
0: I love that. So, you know, I, uh, like you have a passion for tequila, I have a passion for coffee. And uh, and so, you know, James Hoffman, I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with James, but he, he is, of course, like the coffee aficionado. Um, and I love that that's sort of, he, he can... Get in and get really picky about the beans and and all of the things that are necessary to make the perfect espresso and all that sort of stuff. But he also addresses the instant coffees that people are going in to buy right. and you know all of those same things that the bigger larger market is actually looking at. So I, I see a hundred percent that that it it does matter i think on both of those in fact we were just uh just before we recorded this we were doing another one of these uh you know how to be paid as a speaker podcast and uh one of the things we talked about is this idea of curse of knowledge when you're creating your session synopsis Mm -hmm. right like you're the expert you know everything about it but to your point you sort of have to address it like you don't know anything yep. about it or at least minimal so that it resonates with the larger crowd and not just with the five, you know, behavioral science nerds who are going to get what, what you're talking about and why they need to hire you. Um, that is that is a huge. Do you find that that's I would assume just even with you and your background in marketing and everything, you see that that's got to be a pretty common mistake made by new new oh, brands,
1: for sure. I would I would assume massively. Right? So a uh, very, very common Uh, And the other mistake I see people make, and this is more procedural, is they don't find a way to build audience and community off-platform. Like so much Mm. tequila education right now is either Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube, all three of which are uniformly terrible for community building. Uh, So what I do is I publish a lot of lists. So top tequila brands, top celebrity brands, top Blancos, top Reposados. Uh, We've got a new one coming out that's top uh, Mexican-owned brands. But in order to get those lists, you have to give me your email address. So I have a, uh-huh. I have a list of 30,000 people, um, who are like yeah. super into this and I can sell yes. them tequila, t-shirts, whatever, like yeah. that. But if I was just yes. hoping that the Instagram algorithm would show them my post, uh, you, yes. you can't sell stuff based on hope. Right. So, uh, yes. you know, the, the old saying, if you can't build a, build a house on rented land, uh, remains to be true. And, and so yeah. one of the things that, that. Being in digital marketing for thirty years, I'm like, okay, we, we have to have a list that we control, not a list that I have to rely on Meta or TikTok uh, to be able to activate my fans.
2: Totally. I was thinking about this thought in, in my own world. Like, I I feel like uh, you know, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. I would claim to say that I'm a, a original and next generation Trekkie. Some people are going to love that. Some people aren't, but. Brant knows from being over. I thought it was Trekker.
1: Is that not true? Trekker
2: is what came later. You're not a true, okay. true fan unless you're a Trekkie. Um, but but Trekker's fine. Doesn't matter. I lo- I'm i very right, inclusive. Jay. Um, a- as anybody would know if they come to my house, I actually have a Star Trek office. I-, I have a room where I buy memorabilia. And some of this is from Sotheby's and Christie's. And, you know, it's it's a it's a cool collection. But I was trying to think if I wanted to take that passion and make it a business. I have actually been on... Star Trek podcast before, where you talk about the nerds, where th- maybe their audience yeah. is really, really small. And if I thought, geez, I'd like to start a Star Trek podcast, my knowledge to your point would be very limited. And people that know me close would know that that I like that stuff. I bet you it would take a while for that to take off, because there's probably a ton of sci-fi or Star Trek podcasts. if I'm using that as an example, mm-hmm. versus... Our friend, you know Brian Fanzo. You think about what mm-hmm. he's done with NFTs. I mean, here's a guy who, you know, really was a, a speaker more than anything else, and just decided his passion is understanding the, these, you know, NFTs and that world. And at least for him personally, he'll say, "I just wanted to learn more about it. And I'm going to make a commitment to buy one. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to buy one every day, and I'm going to talk about it on a podcast." every day for a year and now he's selling nfts he's selling artwork i mean at some point his revenue in that area if if nfts stays where it's going to stay and that's still debatable as well he's going to make way more money doing that than he does as a speaker so I, i see what you're saying i just wonder for those that are listening and going i have this love i have this passion maybe my audience is small but i ultimately have to broaden it to get to the masses is that Is that ultimately what happens over time or you hope
1: anyway? I mean, maybe, but we all know from the speaking business, the saying there's riches in the niches is a saying for a reason. Yeah. Right. So do I think you can't make a money at being a hardcore Trekkie? I think you probably can. Yeah. Um can you make money doing something that everybody else is already doing? Well, no, but you're smarter than that, right? right? If if right. if they're doing if they're doing podcasts and those podcasts already exist, well then you do something different, right? You do a blog or you do uh, a YouTube channel where each episode you actually watch uh, or each each episode of your show, you watch an episode of Star Trek and then you have a commentary side by side split mm-hmm. screen, right? Like a Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's a live commentary on the episode from Jim Knight in real time or whatever, right? So sometimes when you look at the competitive circle, sometimes you say, all right, we're going to go for the bigger audience, which is the less knowledgeable audience. But sometimes we're going to go for the same audience, but in a different format, Mm. Right. Or we're going to go for the same audience, but in a different frequency. Right. So you think about, um, uh, you know, think about JLD, right. Entrepreneurs on Fire. Yeah. He was one of the first people ever to do a daily business podcast. Yeah. And that was I mean, he's really good at it anyway. But being one of the first ones to do it every day, that kind of steady drip certainly helped him build his audience. And nobody else was doing that then. I was one of the first ones ever to do a daily video podcast called Jay today did it years and years ago. It was one of the first ones in the whole world to do it. And it was super successful because no one else could keep up, right? They couldn't just they just couldn't make that much content. Yeah. And so sometimes it's not about necessarily the love of the audience. It's like, well, let's just do what they're doing, but in a different format or more or less often, etc. That's great advice.
2: That's awesome. Great, man. All right. Give us your fifth or sixth. Thought that rocks.
1: <laughs> my third, <laughs> my third official thought that rocks, uh, but probably my sixth unofficial thought yes. that that modestly rocks is um, you just got to add value everywhere, and this is not um, th- this is not earth shattering. Other than the fact that I wrote the book Utility uh, more than ten years ago, which is all about um, so helping, not selling, and and it's actually more true and more vital today than it was when I wrote it, ironically. And it's really what I've tried to do in this tequila business. Now it's nice to not have to rely on this revenue, right? I'm not paying my mortgage with tequila income. Someday I may, but I'm not now. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's a luxury and I wanna make sure I admit that privilege. However, I'm also very cognizant of the fact that if you try to squeeze everybody for money now, you're not gonna be able to squeeze people for money later. So wherever possible, my answer is always yes. Can you do a live tasting? Yes. Can, will you do it for free? Yes. I spend, I'm not kidding, an hour to two hours a night, every single night, just answering DMs from people about tequila. I'm at a restaurant where wow. people take pictures of the menu and they DM it to me saying, you'll probably never even see this. And then I go and I'm like, get the Siete Leguas Blanco. And I send them a, a DM back in four seconds. And they're like, yeah. I can't believe you saw it. I can't believe you looked at it. I can't believe you answered. But here's the thing. That person will never unsubscribe. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Right. That's right. Every time That's right. you over deliver like that, you have that person for life and it requires yeah. a commitment to truly serving the audience, not serving the audience so that they will serve you, but serving the audience, recognizing that some of those people will never give you money, but you got to be okay with that. Right. The problem yeah. with people, and this kind of circles back to my first thought, the problem with people who try and turn their passion into a business is that they're not willing to play the long game. Yeah. Usually they're undercapitalized yeah. And they're under timelined, right? You've got to say, "Look, I'm going to build this into a business over a period of time, and the way I do that is by over delivering value without expectation of revenue as long as possible, right?" Jerry Vander- uh, Gary Vanterick said it best in the title: "Jab, jab, jab, right hook." Right? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta yeah. hold back on that right hook as long as you possibly can. Now. That being said, we just launched a merch store where you can buy t-shirts and hats and glasses and flasks and pins. But here's the thing that I'll never admit anywhere else other than the show. It's all it costs. Mm, yeah. We're literally making zero cents on any merch. Wow. Because I would yeah. rather get the merch out there than make $3 yeah. on a t-shirt. Making $3 on a t-shirt is not going to have a material impact on my life. I would rather sell more shirts.
2: Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: I love that. I, well,
0: again, there's the adding value, right? And and you're you're doing it in a way that builds the brand through the people who want to be a part of it, right? They 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 are part of the community. You have over delivered, and they have said, "I want to be a part of this," um, and and they become that you know, uh, a megaphone that that shuts you from the rooftops to say, oh, have you heard of this? You've got to check this out. You've got to go here. They're the only place I go to to, to learn about tequila. You know, it, it becomes this point of um, we, were, we were talking about it the other day with uh, with Vin Zhang, talking about uh, connection yeah. points. Right. And if you become a part of their story it makes their story more interesting and then they start to use that as a point of that's connection right. and so when people who love tequila start to bring you into the conversation because they got a cool hat a t-shirt a flask whatever it might be um then all of a sudden you're part of that conversation um and you've earned the right to be there and that's that's the difference between shoving things down trying to make a buck because you know you want
1: to be an amazon quick shipper yeah, right. um that right. is not the, the same game plan. <laughs> Can I tell you one of the worst things about turning your passion a brand or yeah. business? Yeah. Sometimes you realize that maybe you've wasted your whole life. Um, I have been a uh, marketing customer experience, author, expert, influencer, advisor for 30 years, have written seven books on the topic, mm-hmm. uh, have achieved some level of notoriety. Mm-hmm. And I get recognized in airports now all the time. <laughs> for the tequila. But only for tequila. And I keep thinking to myself, bro, if you would have started this tequila thing 20 years ago, yeah. you'd have a TV show by now, right? Uh, or, and instead, or it would you know, have never happened.
2: You had to have had that stepping stone to get to where true. you
1: are. You're you're right. It's just I just I just laugh. My my conclusion is this: people like tequila more than they like building their business. Um, and I I have a anecdotal evidence that that is the case for sure. So uh,
0: just out of curiosity, Jay, what got you? Like, what was the switch? All of a sudden to tequila. I mean, listen, you've been. Uh, I mean uber successful in everything you've touched and, and are li- literally a legend in our business. What, what, what was it about tequila that all of a sudden you were like, this is the direction. I
1: want? it mean, wasn't all of a sudden at all. Um, So I am from Arizona. So there's certainly a geographical kind of um uh, basis for it. I went to school in Tucson, which is only 45 minutes from the border. Um, and when I was in my, let me do some math on this late twenties uh, before I had kids, I would go every Wednesday to a bar a restaurant in Scottsdale called Los Sombreros. It's still there. And my good friend, Tom Brecky and I would go on Wednesdays and we sit at the bar there's a bartender there, Steve. And Steve was super duper early, 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 early into, this is like late nineties into the mezcal movement. Right. And this is late nineties. So way early. And we would just go to church, man. Like, you know, Reverend Steve, pour us something and tell us a story about how this is made. And we just got like sucked into the rabbit hole and just thought it was fascinating and so interesting and so many different flavor profiles and the romance of, of Mexico. And then I started to go to Mexico a lot um, for business, for pleasure and spent more time learning about tequila. And then, and like any other passion or hobby, you just kind of over time, read more, learn more, read more, learn more, and started visiting distilleries and and all those kind of things. And when I sold my business a couple of years ago, and stopped recording my podcast, Social Pros, after 530 episodes or something. I said, "Hey, I should take the time I used to spend on the podcast. Maybe, what if I just, what if I just started to teach people some of the things that I've learned about tequila?" And that was literally it. That was the entire, mm-hmm. you know, business model. Like, what if I just tried to teach people some things? Made a video, made another video, made another video, and, and here I am wasting your time on your show. So. Uh, you know, be, be, be careful what you wish for.
2: This is going to be a part of the story in your next book for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. It, it really is. Uh, kind of, but I do love it. It's, I, I find it really fascinating. The business angle is really interesting too. Um, the tequila market of course is exploding in popularity, but it's very, very competitive as we talked about earlier. So right. it, there's enough kind of business pieces to it that, that keeps me interested. Um, so it's not just, you know, drinking and, and, uh, and, and hanging out doing tequila, but, um, yeah, it's it's been fun. We'll see we'll see where it goes, but it's already, you know, to say that it has exceeded my wildest expectations is is the understatement oh, yeah. of the year. Uh now it now it really is a thing. It's awesome. Here here's my
2: my big final question for you. When Jay Bear creates his own tequila brand and it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be like, does it come in like a plaid sheath, like a crown
1: royal or something? <laughs> <Good course? laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Nice. Maybe it comes like a bear shaped bottle. Maybe maybe that's the idea, right? Like a bigger bear. Honey, like, yeah. like a honey yeah. bottle? yeah there you go like a honey like a honey jar that's a great idea i like that that's yeah right. you guys are hired as a branding consultant i, I like the
0: plaid like the plaid golf pants. yes you could have you know
1: b- both and you gotta you like unzip and it and pour know. it it's gonna be incredible uh people totally different
2: shell <laughs> different shell totally man different show. this was so great where if people want to learn you know more about you that are not anywhere near our business and and maybe it's the first time they're getting exposed to really you or they want to learn about your tequila business. Where where would you yep. like for us to send them?
1: So tequila stuff is tequilajbear.com. Tequilajbear.com. Information about tastings and obviously our uh, digital content and the merch store. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok as well, of course. And then my regular business is jbear.com. So tequilajbear.com or jbear.com. You'll find me either way.
2: And you'll see it on all of the, the logo and stuff for the show, but it's B-A-E-R. Exactly. That's just right. Let's make sure. <laughs> In fact, oh, I'll tell
1: you a story about that real quick. Oh, This just happened J-Bare? yesterday. <laughs> this just happened yesterday. Okay. So a fan, because uh, we've been talking about the merch a little bit, it's not ready yet, but uh, as we're recording this, but it's soon. Uh, and uh, a fan actually grabbed my picture off the landing page and made himself a tequila J bear t-shirt, which was wow. gratifying. <laughs> uh, and, but here's the part that blew me away. Misspelled J, but spelled bear right. J A E, which is unusual. I think that's the Thai spelling of J. That's uh, right. J A E B A E. So I sent it to my assistant Maddie, who's on the show with me, and she's like, "How did he get bear right, but misspelled J? Like, how how is that possible? I'm Like, I don't know. But the fact that somebody made a T-shirt unlicensed, we got we now we got right. now we got pirate merch out there, which I love. That's, that's right. You know J Bear tie boxing. That's how you know. <laughs> yeah. J.B. Yeah, yeah. Muttai is the next is the next, uh, next, uh, is the next passion right yeah. turn into a business. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <be> great.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Listen, it's so good to see you. Thank you for spending a little bit of time, man. And uh yeah, I know you've got so many things that are going on in your world. We'll have you back to talk about some other stuff, but this was a Don't pretty interesting topic, man. We we love it. It's awesome. See you soon. We'll talk to you later. Appreciate Hey, Rockstars, thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, and listen, we know how busy you are, and grabbing those little nuggets of wisdom that can amp up your life are super hard to come by. So we hope this episode helped you enough for you to maybe subscribe and consider leaving us a rating and a review so that we can continue to grow the show. Thus That Rock is
0: a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and also supports Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who have run out of options. They're amazing. Their work is incredible. To learn more, please go to cannonballkidscancer.org.
2: Finally, if you're interested in having Grant or Jim or both of us speak at your event, whether as a virtual webinar or an in-person conference keynote or mastermind, contact us directly at thoughtsatrock.com. Until next time, rock on!
0: You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging.